The scripture reading for today will be from 1 Corinthians 15, 50 through 58. But first, let's pray for illumination. Gracious God, help us to listen for your word. By your spirit, tell us what we need to hear and show us what we ought to do faithfully to serve you, Jesus Christ, our Savior. Amen. And the scripture, I declare to you, brothers and sisters, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed. In a flash, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised imperishable and will be changed. For the perishable must clothe itself with the imperishable and the mortal with immortality. When the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable and the mortal with the immortality, then the saying that is written will come true. Death has been allowed, I'm sorry, death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, he gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord, because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Blessed be the reading of God's word. So for the sermon today, which is the final sermon that is focusing on the chapter that we've been focusing on, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, we have a few more weeks of our series on the triumph of life in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We're going to continue from this day into some of the scripture text that in Handel's Messiah it ends with after uh, that particular musical piece uh, finishes its uh, work with 1 Corinthians 15. Well, we're going to start with our discussion question right away. And the discussion question is this. Who is your nomination for the greatest movie villain of all time? <laughs> Turn to two or three others. Make sure those around you are included. If there's someone who's not included, move your group to be with them. I want to make sure everyone's included. Who is your nomination for the greatest movie villain of all time? Start talking. And to those watching online, share with yourself, maybe even weigh in on the comments of, of our YouTube chat. What do you think? Dracula? Dracula and Frankenstein? I don't want to meet... I, Joker? Okay, I like Jack Nicholson as the Joker. Don't 
All right. Hey, we're going to bring you back in. Now, you might be surprised, and some of you might uh, really be wondering, why in the world are we talking about villains? Uh, I came to church today. Uh, uh, but hey, just wait. Uh, but I wonder if anyone's willing to shout out uh, the, one of the names of movie villains that you came up with. Anyone? Dracula Chucky. Oh, my goodness. Chucky. Wow. Darth Vader. Wait, who? Darth Vader. Darth Vader. Okay, a little Star Wars. Thanos. Thanos. <laughs> Hannibal Lecter. Wow. You, what movies are you watching? <laughs> Cruella DeVille. I love it. One of the great <laughs> Disney villains. I love it. The Grinch, yeah, little holiday villain there. Voldemort, yes, the villain from the Harry Potter series. Yes, all right. So you might recall that a few weeks ago we looked at verse 26 uh, in 1 Corinthians 15 and discovered that the last enemy to be destroyed by the events that began with Jesus' resurrection would be death. Death in New Testament Greek, thanatos. As biblical scholar Gordon Fee describes it, Thanatos is death itself, the final enemy of God and God's sovereign purposes in the universe. According to 1 Corinthians 15, death itself is the greatest villain. I mentioned then that we would meet this character again, and today's the day. In the final section of the chapter, we hear again of death's ultimate defeat amid the echoes of a triumphant taunt aimed at this villain who has unleashed so much pain and suffering on God's creation. In this passage, we will encounter several words that are related in the Greek text. I already mentioned the Greek for death, thanatos, But you also see a pair of words, mortality and immortality, that even in English we know that has something to do with life and death. The word for mortality is thanaton, and the word for immortality is athanasion. Like thanasia, but with an A in front of it. So athanasia. By the way, the word euthanasia is related to this. The word for immortal, Athanasian, came to be used as a common name in the Greek-speaking world. One of the great heroes of the early church was a man named Athanasius from Alexandria, who helped solidify the beliefs of the Christian faith, particularly regarding the Trinity. We'll hear from him in a bit. Now, the shortened form of Athanasius is Thanos. It's included even today in lists of potential baby names with Greek origins, but it also comes with a warning that it happens to also be the name of one of the greatest movie villains in history. We'll consider him as well. Repeating verses 50 and 51 of 1 Corinthians 15. I declare to you, brothers and sisters, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit 
the imperishable. Listen, I tell you a mystery. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed. Here, the Apostle Paul continues speaking of the resurrection of the dead. Our participation in the resurrection of the dead. We will not all sleep, but we will be changed. It's introduced as a mystery. Something that is hidden up until now when it is being revealed in Christ. It is fulfilled in the cross of Christ and in Christ's resurrection from the dead. And it results in the glorious resurrection of believers. And this revelation, this mystery... The secret of this mystery comes from out of this world, from God, not through human wisdom or agency. And it encompasses the full story of the world, the vast epic of human history, the beginning all the way to the end. And the heart of the mystery that is revealed in Jesus rising from the dead is God's ultimate defeat of death through the life who is Christ. Athanasius of Alexandria, in his treatise on the Incarnation, puts it this way. He, speaking of Jesus, the life of all, our Lord and Savior, accepted and bore upon the cross a death inflicted by others, a death which to his enemies was supremely terrible and by no means to be faced willingly. He did this in order that by destroying even this death, he might himself be believed to be the life and the power of death be recognized as finally annulled. A marvelous and mighty paradox has thus occurred for the death which they thought to inflict on him as dishonor and disgrace has become the glorious monument of death's defeat. The sign of death's defeat is the bodily resurrection of believers. The moment the perishable inherits the imperishable, when those who sleep, when those who have died under the curse of death are instantaneously changed. This marvelous and mighty paradox can be illustrated with reference to marvelous things in our culture. Let's say the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Specifically, the Avengers Infinity Saga. The series of movies that has absolutely dominated the box office for the first two decades of the 21st century. This series of movies is by far more than twice more in terms of, of grossing uh, profits uh, than any other movie franchise of all time. Now, when you adjust for inflation, uh, inf uh, Avengers Endgame is the highest grossing movie of all time. But when you adjust it for inflation, those of you who are classic movie buffs can rest assured everything's right with the world. Gone with the Wind is still the greatest. Well, like the Harry Potter movies, the final decisive episode of this particular saga was... was spread over two different movies. The first one was called Infinity War that came out in 2018, and the second was called Endgame in 2019. By the way, there's a Presbyterian connection to the first film. Did you notice? 
I sure did. Edinburgh, Scotland's old town was, in fact, the only physical, real-life world location outside of the studio used in the entire Infinity War film. Chosen for its gothic and dramatic medieval architecture. And one of the most distinctive structures there on the Royal Mile is St. Giles Cathedral, known as the High Kirk of Edinburgh, where the great Scottish reformer John Knox once preached. Friends, that's where our particular flavor of Christianity began. And so many Presbyterians have made a pilgrimage to this particular church. And many a Presbyterian pilgrim recognized that one of the important fight scenes between evil galactic invaders and our earth-defending Avenger superheroes took place on the grounds around, then on the roof of, and then crashing through the stained glass of this building that has played such an important part in the hallowed history of the Presbyterian faith. In the Marvel Avengers movies, Thanos is the supervillain warlord. Yes, the name related to Athanasius, immortality. But he might as well be related to the word Thanatos as well, death. Because he is revealed in the story as a ruthless agent of death, bent on destroying half of the population of the entire universe under a warped sense that that would be good for everyone. If you haven't seen the movie, I want to issue a spoiler alert. If you can cover up your ears, although you have had quite a while to see it, I think there's a statute of limitations with some of these movie references. Uh, but I, recently I watched uh, this particular uh, set of movies again, and I, I'm still seeing things in there that I didn't notice the first time. So it's, it's good. It's, by the way, Disney owns this whole franchise, as everything in the world, I think. <laughs> um, the first movie, Infinity War, chronicles Thanos' successful gathering of the power to accomplish his objective of erasing life, half of all life in the universe. And there's a shock at the end of this movie. And some of you were sitting there, whether in a theater or in front of your home uh, theater or watching on a, a, a device of some kind. And the shock was, he did it. He did it. At the end of that movie, he, he had the power. And it was all in this, this gauntlet, this glove that he had, that, that was sufficiently empowered so that all he had to do was snap his fingers and half of everyone just started to disappear, including some of our favorite superheroes who we'd been paying good money watching over the past 20 years. <laughs> and that's how the movie ended. We watched person after person disintegrate into nothing. Death has won. The final scene is Thanos on a distant planet kicking back and contemplating the completion of his plan. But while it seemed to be the end, in fact, it was not. 
the second movie, Endgame, came out a year later and told the story of how Thanos' curse of death was reversed. We witnessed the return of those who had been lost. Do you remember what it felt like? Do you remember what it felt like when those who had been lost, who had disappeared, we thought for good, returned onto our screens? Yes, it was fiction, but the emotions were real. How important it was to link it into one of the points that the Apostle Paul has here in 1 Corinthians 15, that those who had disappeared reappeared in bodily recognizable form. They were still themselves. And their return was just in time to participate in the final defeat of Thanos and his reign of death. Eventually secured through the self-sacrificial death of one of the Avengers. Now returning to reality, we live as those who know of the curse of death. We know it in our lives. We know it because of loved ones who have passed away. We know it because of what we see on our television screens, the news reports we read on our phones. Yet we also, as those who open up God's word and read scriptures like 1 Corinthians 15, know that there will be a day when death is defeated and the dead are raised and returned now to limitless life. Continue on in 1 Corinthians 15. In a flash, in the twinkling of an eye, we will all be changed at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound... I'm hearing Maury's voice singing that great piece from Handel's Messiah. The dead will be raised imperishable and we will be changed. For the perishable must clothe itself with the imperishable and the mortal with immortality. We will be changed from mortal to immortal in a flash. Some of the English texts say in a moment. In the Greek, this word is atomo. It's actually the root of the English word atom. And it means indivisible. Because at the time they named atoms, that was as small as they ever thought it would go. <laughs> However, that word is still very powerful. Because when you think of it temporally in terms of time, atomo means an indivisible amount of time. Remember the, the blinking of our eyes that the, that the kids were doing up here. That, that, that we had a hard time getting down to time and, and knowing, is there even time that can be divided that much smaller? Basically, when you get to the shortest amount of time that cannot be divided, even in our imagination, that's how quick it is. In a flash. The dead will be raised imperishable forever in a flash. A flash of lightning is one of the wonders of God's creation. So undeniably real, none of us would claim that, that bolts of lightning do not exist. But have you ever tried to, to sit there in a storm and actually see one from beginning to end? It can be a rare thing. 
Because they're so quick, it's challenging to catch one with our eyes or a camera lens. And a powerful flash of lightning has come to signify that which is instantaneous and immediate. In the Marvel Avengers saga, we saw that it's the snap of the fingers. That quick, snap of the fingers. Aided by the power of the Infinity Gauntlet, causing the disintegration of half the universe's population. But more importantly, also at the snap of those fingers, secured their reappearance of those same people who were lost. A resurrection took place. And as humans, we imagine that ultimate power has this capacity to cause this kind of immediate change. I mean, that's why our imaginations think of there being a power in the universe that can somehow be taken hold of either by good or by evil. A power that could be so great that you can change reality. Snap of a finger, blink of an eye, immediately. With the eyes of faith, we believe, along with 1 Corinthians 15 and the Apostle Paul, that our God has the power, the power, to bring about the immediate resurrection of the dead. Just as God had the power to raise Jesus, the first of many that spelled the end of death's reign. Without going into depth, but to charge up your imagination, when we're talking about in a flash, in a moment, at Tomo, we're also talking about time. That's something that these sci-fi movies help expand our imagination on is time. So the question of, that comes when we're studying 1 Corinthians 15, we talked about it last week, was this whole idea of like, well, what, what form is our body going to be in because I'm not sure I want to be a de decomposed body walking around somewhere. And we mentioned that it, there's a transformation that takes place. Um, it's, it's a body that is fitting for eternal life. So yes, it is the same, it's recognizable, but it's eternal at the same time. Today, in this, in recognizing God's power to do things, it recognizes God as the God over time. What does the question of, what about someone who died 100 years ago? What does that look like from our human perspective, and what does that look like from the side of eternity? Some of you who watched those uh, Marvel Avengers movies know that the, the whole uh, final like good news thing that the heroes did, it involved time. Remember who God is. God is also the God of all time and eternity. 1 Corinthians 15 ends with this flourish. When the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable and the mortal with immortality, then the saying that is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where, O oh death, is your victory? Where, O oh death, is your sting? The sting of death is sin and the power of sin is the law, but thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ.
Ancient words from both Isaiah and Hosea in the Hebrew scriptures are invoked to bring this great chapter to a fitting conclusion. Literally, the Greek is that death, that basically swallowed up is Thanatos into Nikos. Now, Nikos is from the word Nike, which many of you are wearing or wear during your workouts, which means victory. Swallowed up is death into victory. And then there is the triumphant taunt that comes from Hosea. Where is your victory now, death? Now that the dead you thought you had captured and won now live in immortality, revealing your final defeat. Going back to the person of Athanasius, he commented on this verse once and compared death to a cruel tyrant. Think about the worst like dictator that has ever lived on the surface of the earth and the, the terrible things that that one person can do to others. But one who once held power but has now been defeated by a legitimate monarch or someone who holds the office well. The once feared figure is paraded in front of the population who now does no longer has the power, and they almost pity this fallen figure. And so he concludes this way. He says, So has death been conquered and branded for what it is by the Savior on the cross. Witnesses pass by and scoffingly say, O death, where is your victory? O grave, where is thy sting? For those of us who are fatigued, For those of us who are grieving, grieving the loss of loved ones, grieving for the losses that we sustain as we face our own mortality, for those of us whose hearts are broken to see the cruelty of war and the death that results in places like Ukraine, where that is happening in real time, right now. For those innocent victims of the lethality of gun violence, the recent shooting and a death of one who was protecting others at a Presbyterian church that I know many of us have never been to, but I've been to on a number of occasions. And especially innocent children in light of the killing of 19 of them, along with two teachers in Texas. We are called to value life and grieve its loss. And at the same time, we are called to protect life and to reflect the values of the future victory of life over death. It's an amber alert. Lord, we pray for the, the cause of that amber alert and pray that you would minister um, and just bring your presence and your provision and your peace, your protection to the cause of that amber alert, we pray. Concluding our sermon, 
The reminder of ultimate victory over death provides a sober and realistic hope. We know that we're not fully there yet. Lord, do we know that. But life has triumphed in the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. And the end of death is a sure thing. And so we live in hope of the resurrection of the dead through the life-giving power of Jesus Christ. And as those who serve the Lord of life, as Athanasius put it, we join Jesus in his work of preserving and protecting those who are under death's threat. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. On earth as it is in heaven. Amen.